Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Happy New Year, everyone. Let's start off 2024 with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world that makes me laugh whenever he's in the room. You know him, you love him. He's got big things happening this month with a Fox Nation comedy special and a fantastic new book that I believe happened because we were talking about it on this very podcast this last year. I won't take full credit, but I feel magical things can happen when we start talking and putting things out into the universe. Jimmy Fallon is who I'm talking about, of course, if you haven't already guessed, the star of Fox Across America on Fox News Radio. He's on Fox Nation. He appears morning, noon, and night from Fox and Friends to Outnumbered to Gutfeld. The ubiquitous Jimmy Fallon is here to kick off this wonderful new year with me. And you know it's going to be a good one if we start the new year with a few good belly laughs. And that's exactly what's about to happen right now. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jimmy Fela on the Janice Dean podcast. Jimmy Fela, you made the D's list for the hundredth time. <laughs> I'm, I'm so good to know that I'm mailing these checks to the right address because there was concerns. The first time we got on the Dean's list, we're like, is this the right P.O. box? Yep. I'm kidding, but it's great to be back and an honor to be honored. I'm I'm glad that you read the note cards that I've given you. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're you have a book coming out and let's Ooh. just take you back to was it earlier this year that I think I suggested that you need to write another book because you did have a book out which a, with a wonderful concept yep, yep. when you were driving cabs exactly. around New yes, York yes, City. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but you, you, now you work at Fox News. You're on the Gutfeld show. Um, you know, you're opening every act on the road basically here from the channel. It was important for you to continue and have a volume two of Jimmy Fallon fabulousness. Oh, there it is, Janice Dean. Uh, so the book, it is a thing. And you and I, you should be taking a lot of credit for this. <laughs> okay, well. We really did manifest this on the universe. <laughs> because uh, a year ago, I don't know that anyone was sitting around being like, Jimmy should write a book. But me and you were. Okay. We were, yes. And, and, you know, we were thrown out of several establishments for suggesting it, but Fox News was not one of them. Right. Uh, the book is now complete. And to you, the Janice Dean listener and lover, uh, my entree to you as a potential consumer of my book yes. is that if you like reading at a third grade level, <laughs> I have a work for you. It is called <laughs> The Cancel Culture Dictionary, Janice Dean, an A to Z guide to winning the war on fun. Okay, so how did you come up with the concept? Uh, very simply, as a comedian, mm -hmm. over the past decade, I've watched the lanes of speech narrow in my profession. Mm -hmm. And it quickly dawned on me that it was affecting everyone, not just me. Mm -hmm. So the original concept was, you know, defund the joke police. Leave <laughs> comedians alone. Yes. But as I started to write it, or at least conceptualize it, I realized, I'm like, wow, this is so far beyond comedy now. Mm -hmm. 
that I think I need to tell this in a way that gets every corner of society to realize the need to recalibrate our compass. Okay. Because that's what I think the book is. It's, you know, it's a very jokey, lighthearted take on things that have been canceled over the years. Mm -hmm. But I'm basically explaining how in just about every single instance, we were fighting the wrong battle. Oh, okay. So give me an example. Uh, a great one would be like Aunt Jemima, summer of 2020. We're like, the country is systemically racist, but you know what? If we change the pancake syrup, right. everything will be back under control. Right. And it didn't like help schools. It didn't like help crime. What yeah. it actually did do is it screwed a family, Aunt Jemima's family, that was getting royalties for 130 years wow. out of a paycheck. How it, come we didn't know that story? It's out there, but it's not something you ever hear tacked on. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of the things we do, these superficial cancels. I'll give you Knee an jerks. Thank you. Uh, it, because this is what happened. For a lot of the people doing the canceling, they're not offended, Janistine. They just know that you get things from being offended now. Mm -hmm. It's like a game show. It's called Wheel of Outrage. <laughs> you show up to Netflix, you go, I didn't like Dave Chappelle's jokes. Give me something. <laughs> and you spin the wheel. And yeah. they're like, you get a protest, you know. <laughs> but what they're hoping for is something bigger, like a promotion or a GoFundMe to help them deal with their trauma. And that's what's happened. We've incentivized outrage and we've broken the compass okay it started with comedy but it's made its way into everything else like we're policing dead presidents now mm. okay we're tearing down statues of people who died 200 years ago like <laughs> another example of fighting the wrong battles there was a san francisco high school that was taking abraham lincoln's name off the high school meanwhile the entire school district was closed oh. so no one's actually getting an education because right. they had kept them on remote learning uh, for two years exactly. no let's not teach the kids let's just cancel the dead guy who by the way did free the slaves. I mean, right. not, you know, as accomplishments go, I, I consider it significant. So this is ironic. Yes, in a lot of ways. So what I'm trying to say to people, okay, is I know I work at Fox News. I host a conservative talk radio show. But the book is not a call to arms. The book is a societal call to chill the F out. Okay, I like that. That's what it is. It's not a manifesto. It's not a war. It's yeah. not, as I say, Janice Dean. It is not Republican Party. It is not Democratic Party. It is keg party. Mm. It is 200 pages of solo cup bliss oh, yes. on your shelves available for pre-order at foxnewsbox.books.com. Okay. So you've got the the liner notes down. Mm. How long did it take you to write? So here's the thing. I love the process of writing. Mm -hmm. So this book, when I was in New How York. How did you approach it? This is what I do. As a comedian also, I like to write in the morning before my brain is interacted with the world. Totally. Morning pages type stuff. Exactly. So, Your brain mm -hmm. is fresh. Yes. So I'm seated in my office here at Fox every day, even now at 5 a.m., because I'm usually writing comedy freehand. Mm -hmm. But when it was book season, I was here just writing books. So I want the first two, three hours of my day to be booked because it's the freshest version of my brain. Yep. I'm welcome to revisit what I did later in the day if time allows. On the road, same sort of thing. Get to the airport a little early, hole up in a corner. Because what I find, Janice, is writing is a conversation that's taking place in your head and you need to be alone because every time someone talks to you, they interrupt the conversation. Yes. And those wheels that are spinning in refining ideas, mm -hmm. you know, need that unencumbered thing. Mm -hmm. So my process is in the mornings uh, at, at home, uh, here. A lot of airline terminals, a lot of, uh, I would say, like, mid-level hotel chains. I'm not at the Ritz-Carlton, <laughs> but I'm also not in those rooms where the TV's been bolted to the nightstand. Right? 
this hourly rates. I'm like, what do you mean I have you to go? You wonder where these uh, <laughs> yeah. these uh, bed uh, oh. things have been. Listen, where you start out in comedy, Jenny. Bed is what I, I'm looking for. Sadly, Jenny Fela, I have taken the Jenny Fela to two hotels over the years as a comedian where she, I, I mean this, she slept standing up. Oh. Like just stood in the corner, didn't want to bump into anything. <laughs> right. was objectively terrifying. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. So a lot of the wisdom I've accumulated from there to here is what goes into uh, filtering these cancels through that lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What surprised you the most about writing it? Ooh, this is a good one. Okay. Okay. It's that I really quickly came to realize the liberals who we attribute cancel culture to, yeah. they don't like it either. I know it's mm-hmm. largely existent. They like to use weaponized censorship in, in the sphere of politics. Hey, vote for us or people yeah. are going to die. Mm-hmm. You can't express your views on Twitter. People are going to. I know they're synonymous with that, but that's a small faction of them. The majority of the country, the majority of the country, like sentimentally, is living in like 1985. They just <laughs> they like it here. <laughs> yeah. They like that's what it, it, I, a lot of people like it here. They want to be happy. Yeah. And I, I say this a lot. Like we're in the fun business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun today. That's right. So you, your business card might say you're in a different business, but your life is in the fun business. Okay. And that's what surprised me is I came to realize most people didn't ever agree with cancel culture. A lot of people either played along with it for fear of getting run over, mm-hmm. you know, or just didn't say anything. Yes. Because they had created this gap between what we believed to be true and what we were willing to say in public because of the potential for blowback. And I quickly came out of this book realizing that the cancel crowd on social media existed before social media, okay? They weren't online. They were just people nobody liked. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all been at a party, okay? You know the old joke, if you walked into a party, I go, Janice, you look nice tonight. And you could go, tonight? Oh, like I look like a barking dog yesterday. Okay. But we all know there are people who do that for real and poison the get together. Right. Yeah. You look good today. Yeah. Today. You believe with it, but she's not being funny. She's not being sarcastic. Yeah, they're totally serious. And, yes. And you've just ruined Christmas. Yes. Okay. That's who the cancel crowd is. People that are willing to uphold or, or hold hostage everyone else's emotional prosperity for the attention they'll get from doing so. Mm-hmm. That's a monster. Yeah. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you remember the old thing growing up where if a kid was throwing a fit in coals, just a monster on his stomach, slapping the floor, screaming, and the parents would do the old, all right, mommy's leaving. Yeah. And mommy would just walk out the door. And at some point, the kid would break down and be like, ah, run after mommy. Yes. Okay. Nowadays, the kid lies on the ground slapping the floor and they're like, who wants a new toy? Right. And that's what colleges are. And they're emboldening and enabling more of this, more of this malfeasance. Mm -hmm. So they made this. They can't just rip the Band-Aid off it because this is the culture they created. Yeah. It's tough because I agree. We can't just go on social media and said, this person said this, they're a terrible person, they need to be fired. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, if Harvard already has this precedent in place Mm -hmm. and they're like saying, but 
free speech for everybody, yeah. even if it does mean you want all of the Jewish people dead. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, they, it, it's they, crazy. They banned Tom Homan. Okay, so Tom Homan who was an acting ICE director under Trump, uh, was coming there to give a speech about the importance of national security. Okay. And Harvard was like, this guy can't speak on campus. We're not wow. going to tolerate that type of hatred. National security. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you think about that. So the, Such hypocrites. Yeah, that's a lot of what it is. And I think in this book, what you come to realize is all the people moralizing mm-hmm. a lot of times uh, are just, you know, it's a weaponized projection. Yeah. They're calling the rest of us monsters. Because they don't, you know, have to look inward at the monstrosities within them. Mm-hmm. It's deep. It's deep. Is that deep? That's it's pretty deep. Very deep. For a you guy should write that down. Can we write that down? It's in the book. Come on, man. <laughs> I get deep. For a guy who's in his 40s who still plays video games, you know, I'm like a hippie who just got trapped with this accent. But I like it that you high five yourself. Here and there. I mean, I don't, I don't like myself. We've had this talk about <laughs> my, uh, I have an abusive stage dad who lives uh, in my head. But you do, but I get that. I yeah. think everyone to a certain degree in this business, yes, that's what you I was know, have say. this sort of like love mm-hmm. hate with yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Right? Yeah, I have an like, order of protection against myself like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> like even my beloved friend Shannon Bream, you oh, know, she she could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. But she felt the other day that she didn't do a great interview and she texted me. I'm like, Shannon Bream, you're bad interview is somebody's greatest interview. It's so true. There are people out there. I put you, you're in this class, by the way. It's actually mentioned in the acknowledgments of my book. Oh. There are people in this building. It's a rare, it's a rare class of people who I consider to be force multipliers of awesome. Oh. Okay, but I mean that. Shabreem is definitely there. Yep. I got you there. I find Martha there often. Um, it's just people that project this other type of like... It's it's an energy, I guess, is the best way to say it. But you're all better off for having interacted with it. Hmm. You know the analogy I give you about the dog with the job, where the dog is always wagging his tail at the airport because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane. Right, right, and right. Like, but that feel good energy. Whenever you see the dog at the Aww. airport, I got to be honest with you. I've seen the dog at the airport when I do have drugs on me, and I'm still happy to see him. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like I love this guy. Wait, I shouldn't be getting too close. But you know what I mean. It's just an energy. It's a thing. Yeah. And yes. And I and I think. What you learn in life, Shannon Bream, uh, and I think you would piggyback off of this too, Janice Dean, is that if you're projecting so much of our lives is atmospheric, mm-hmm. and if you're projecting that good vibe, people want to be around it. Hmm. They don't feel threatened by it, and they don't feel threatened by your ideas. Hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing wrong in politics is they have ideas, and they don't know how to present them in a way mm-hmm. that's not that doesn't look militant or malicious to the other side. Yeah, I think we're living in an age where communication has to be so refined because everybody's misconstruing everything you say anyway. Yeah, that's true. So you got to be concise. It's es- precision warfare, right? Especially with social media, it's like people don't sit down and read the whole article. Anymore. Oh no, no, the whole article. <laughs> Just the headline. What are you talking about? Right, even on on social media, it'll be like, do you want to read this article? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before you share this, yes. you know my favorite thing about that one is when, like, I'll be sharing an op-ed on Fox News talk up from that I wrote for, like, dot com, yes. and Twitter will be like, "Do you want to read this before you share it?" And I'm like, "Do you know how many times I've read this?" <laughs> Before I sent it in. I edited it. Yeah. Oh. I've read it 28 times this morning. My face hurts. Well, listen, back in the day, remember a few years ago, and I was going after a certain governor of New mm. York. Well, Twitter, when I would put out a tweet about the things that he was doing to endanger seniors, uh, Twitter would do a respond 
in and of itself that said, or if people tried to retweet or comment, all of a sudden this Twitter uh, line would come up that says, "Is this about the weather?" Yeah. Isn't that, uh... <laughs> I'm like, no, it's nope. not. No, ma'am. But did they do this with other people, like nope. sports figures, nope. or right? So honestly, when you think about this, they were almost at a corporate level telling you stay in your lane. Exactly. Stay in your lane, which is supposed to be the most offensive thing anyone I, can say to I anyone. I took so many screenshots of that. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Nothing got resolved, though. Mm-mm. Well, but, they stopped doing it. But think about this, okay? That was probably the height of weaponized censorship. Yes. What could we point to in society that's better since we started doing this? The thesis of my book is nothing. Mm. Nothing's better. Nothing. We're, the reason I call it a war on fun is because we're policing sources of joy, traditional sources of joy, comedy, movies, music, for potential grievance. Yeah. You know, oh, that movie cast. You know, I know we all liked Love Actually. Do you remember the story we were doing it like a year ago? Yeah. Where the director of Love Actually was like self-canceling? Because he's like, looking back, it could have been more diverse. And I'm like, no, 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 that's 20 years oh, ago. Oh, he, really? He was rethinking the whole yeah, movie that it, he made, was perfor- which was amazing? Of course it was. But it was performative censorship because he was trying to get acceptance in Hollywood for saying, hey, I share these modern worldviews. Oh, gosh. And he's missing the whole point of the movie. Love Actually was successful mm-hmm. because women loved it and men wanted to sleep with them. So we played <laughs> along. And okay. it was a little raunchy, too. That's my was. one thing with that. And, and it is what it is because I still really love it. But it wasn't something that I could watch with my kids. But maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's yes. a good thing. You have to have that escapism. But the point is, these movies were not supposed to become battlegrounds mm. for political ideology. Right. They were supposed to be movies. A movie, the point of going to a movie is to escape. You go into this dark room. Okay, you pay twenty three fifty for a popcorn if you're getting a small, you know, and you sit there surrounded by strangers. There's this communal escapism. Yes. You laugh at the screen, you scream at the screen, yep. and you're unplugged from the responsibilities of everyday life. Mm-hmm. And because we started policing movies and applying these other societal standards to them, we've kind of taken the joy out of them. Yes. Same thing with comedy. A percentage of people go to comedy to find like, hey, is that comedian punching up or down? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just be funny. Yeah. Okay, be funny and not malicious. Because when you start to hear things like, oh, you can't make fun of these people, that's not equality. That's putting them at the kiddie table, like an infantilized lesser than. Yes. Okay, true acceptance means you're in the splash zone with everybody else. Yeah. I went after the white lady. Now I'm going after the Asian guy. Now I'm going after these frat bros. Yeah. Now I'm going after the two rappers drinking Cavassier, which happens a lot if you play downtown. <laughs> the rappers love Cavassier. What it's is my, Cavassier? Uh, fancy liqueur. They love okay. it. It's a song. What does it about taste it. like? Busta Rhymes song, Pass the Cavassier. Uh, I don't know. I've never tried. I, I don't know if you know this. But I'm I'm kind of working on a natty light budget. <laughs> I, I, I know we both appear on Fox and Friends. I'm like one of the kind of friends. Like, uh, you know, oh, you, you, you are. I'm You're kidding. part of the game. I'm not saying a word. But the point is, yes, uh, we police sources of joy, sources of grievance. Music. Music is a good example, too. What is music there to do? Transport you to magical moments. Yeah. What's the greatest thing in the world? When you're driving in the car and a song comes on you haven't heard in 18 years that Amazing. you love. It's so great. Oh, it's so powerful. Yeah, it really but is. But now imagine being like, well, you'll never hear that song again because that guy voted Republican four years ago and we can't play it. You're like, wait, what? what and that happens. Doing? Of course it does. Yes. Sitcoms, it happens everywhere. You know, uh, we just had 
Norman Lear just died yes. and he was, I mean, the shows that we mm-hmm. grew up on, mm-hmm. Archie Bunker would not get a, we would not have that today. Couldn't do it. Right. All in the family. Couldn't make it. I mean, Tim Allen's show was canceled. It was Last Man Standing. It's in my book. He had a Friday night show. It aired on Friday nights. It was winning its time slot about six years. Okay. But it was like 2017, Trump had just got elected president, and you had to disassociate yourself with anything. Mm-hmm. And because his, you know, the patriarch of the family was slightly conservative, oh. they just randomly canceled the show out of nowhere. Wow. And it was in the Hollywood Reporter. Like, they didn't acknowledge this at ABC. They were just like, you yeah, know, we're going in a different creative direction, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But he went on Tim Allen with the late, great Norm MacDonald on his podcast. Yeah. And said... Listen, the reason All in the Family could exist is because Carol O'Connor wasn't really that guy. He played a character. It was understood. But in modern Hollywood, I kind of am the guy I play on screen and they want nothing to do with me. Uh And the Hollywood Reporter actually said, we discussed this in the book. They're like, yeah, the thing was a ratings winner. (laughs) And, uh, you know, lo and behold. But when you hear it's a ratings winner and they canceled it. Well, then, you know, any other reason. Yeah, that's right. That's why I just heard that they did with that with Kelsey Grammer. Yes. Did you hear about that? Uh Uh-huh. So he. He's promoting his new Frasier show Mm -hmm. on Paramount or one of the streaming. And he went to an interview and he was very upfront and honest that he's a conservative and he voted for Trump and he would vote for Trump again. And they cut the interview. Yeah. They're like, that's enough out of you, pal. That's I mean, that's reality. When you think of Taylor Sheridan, who produced Yellowstone. Yes. He famously talked uh, about the fact that they couldn't get it made at HBO. Because HBO didn't like the idea of what rural Montana represented in the current climate. And uh, he tells the story about they went to lunch with an executive. And he was like, I don't think people should live in regions like that. It does. It feels too. um, It feels like it's going. We're going backwards. We're HBO. We're ahead of the curve. And that climate, though, what people need to understand is it's not about the politics so much as it's about the creative process. Mm. When you say to a creative that 50 percent of your brain can't be used, we're limiting the quality of work. Like we're actually ruining the experience for the consumer because they're getting comedy. Like if you were Stephen Colbert, that's shooting at 50 percent of the targets in the news. Mm -hmm. So it becomes pretty redundant. Like comedy, as you know, Janice Dean, you're always funny comedy jokes are a trap door the audience needs to be standing over the trap door and not see it open under their feet so they fall down the chute yes but if you turn into colbert every night and you know trump's coming yeah you know where the trap door is you can actually see the orange spray paint arrow to the door (laughs) that colbert's like looking at as he's giving you the setup yeah and that's where politicizing everything really does uh weaken the the content So all I'm trying to do, whether it's my book, whether it's stand-up, whether it's my radio show, whether it's my appearances on TV, is I'm trying to appeal to those people out there that get the only way we could really help society is to downshift. We're not going to own the libs as Republicans. They're not going to beat us. That fight's just going to continue. That fire is going to rage. Okay, the people that are going to help the country are the ones that are going to pick up sticks and roast marshmallows on the blaze. Yeah. I'm here on the periphery. I'm not in the middle of the culture war. That's not who I am. (laughs) Yeah. But that's how we could all help. We could all help by downshifting the second gear and just going off into the respective corners of the universe and doing the things we like. Mm -hmm. And I think we'd be fine. What's a joke that you've done that has just bombed spectacularly? Ooh, let's really get there for a second. <laughs> really, I'm going to dig deep, though. Okay. It's going to take me a second. I want to do that. Wow, hold on. 
Mm. It's nothing in the book. But, but I, see, I under, I know that one night you can bomb, but then you do the same joke the next night and well, it can be fantastic. Well, listen, here's the one thing about doing comedy. If you're doing comedy a long time, okay, you don't bomb anymore for real. You have okay. jo- Your jokes don't work, but you have something called bomb lines. There are things in the back of your head that okay. you deploy when it's not working. <laughs> And it's your and, and when you acknowledge that it's not working, okay, yes. that wins them I over. I love that. You know what I mean? Yes. Like so, I know that that was really terrible. So you could actually no, you can you know you you can say something like. Uh, and by the way, I, I should remind you again how happy I am to be here. They wanted me to host Fox News Saturday night, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. There's 38 people in Pennsylvania who don't laugh at anything, and they laugh because they acknowledge. You know. Yes, that's all. Awesome. I'm like, you know, you guys are, I know, I know that joke didn't work, but I got to be honest, you guys are a solid crowd. Like of all the audiences that have made me want to quit, this is the best one by far. And like, they'll laugh because they re- it's in the moment. Right. It's in the moment. So, oh, I love that. Yes. So I will tell you this, this is, this happens to comics. Comedy, the old phrase you hear, like you got to read the room, doesn't apply to stand-up comedy. In stand-up comedy, you have to lead the room. Okay. You're the only guy with a microphone. You set the terms of the negotiation. Okay, you establish the sensibility of the show. You can do anything as a stand-up comic if it's not malicious and they trust you. Like they actually trust that you have the room's best interest at heart and okay. you're just trying to be funny. Yeah. So I give a disclaimer on the road of, hey, I know a lot of you guys watch me on TV. Everything I'm about to tell you tonight would get me fired on TV. <laughs> It's not actually true, but 85% of it sure. couldn't be said. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I say that, you know, stand-up comedy is an opportunity to treat each other like adults who know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. So we're going to take off the emotional bubble right. wrap for an hour, and okay. I'm going to give you permission to not live your life in a corporate boardroom. Yes. That being said, if anybody has any issues, you can email me after the show at gofyourself.com. That's what I do. And they go crazy because they love it. And I say, you know, the world's on fire. Shut up. I'm here to tell jokes. You're all going to be fine. And once you establish that sensibility and you're not being malicious, you go anywhere you want. And I do. And I go anywhere. Uh, But I think the truth is for comics, okay, this is where comics kind of miss the mark on stuff like this is everybody just needs to know that you're bargaining in good faith. Right. I am a comedian. Yes. I am not here to change the way you vote. I shouldn't be to church how you vote. Yes. Look at me. I, I dress like a Liberace cover band. <laughs> I'm playing video games when I go home from this podcast. Why would I be in charge of my democracy? It's like when comics start yelling about the economy, I'm like, dude, you entered a profession where you get paid in chicken fingers the first five years. I don't know that you're going to balance the budget. I don't know that you are. You, I don't know that you can handle the debt ceiling. You could paint the debt ceiling as a side job in between gigs, but I don't know that you can fix it. I don't know that you could. So that's what it is. Let's talk about the Christmas special that we Yay. just did for Fox Nation. Ooh. It was really fun. It was great. And I want to tell you something. Everything we get asked to do, we work very hard in this business. Everything we get asked to do, if it's like on a random Saturday in the middle of the fall. <laughs> which, which is when we taped it. This is no, But it needs to be said because this is the ultimate. This is real talk. And the producers will, will appreciate this. Okay. And they know this when they send out the email. Everybody who gets the email to come in and destroy a Saturday in the late fall to shoot a Christmas special, their immediate reaction is an expletive. They're secondary reaction is, how am I going to tactfully get out of this? I did it last year. But the God's honest truth is we had the best time. We We have the best time. The same reaction. When I get the email next year, I will have the exact same reaction. But it'll be great. It's They do such a good job of setting it up. 
and it's like the games and but it's we have to be great. in it to yes. appreciate it that's what it is you're right you, emotional- and they know that the producers know that they know that when they send that email they, do. they are gonna get things thrown can, at them can I tell you tell you something <laughs> they are actual like true lion tamers you know like a lion tamer can like manipulate the lion yes. so they know that the lion gets the email and the claws come out it's like Rah! you know but when you show up to the set they've decorated the green room for Christmas and there's, there's a, a little bit of there's some booze yeah there's food there's music there's elves and it really does ease you into like it yes, works it they're, does. again they're snake charmers they charm us out of the vase they're playing a little flute and I'm like no I'm not coming out but You're then you right. get there yes. and you get all you can see is my neck I come right out it's great it's really great oh, and I did watch it and it was funny I it mean was it was really funny, funny when we were there but the way they put it together was really great uh Michael Loftus, mm. I got to say, is... He did a great job. He really is. I really enjoy him. I enjoy... Um, listen, everybody who commits, that's what makes a thing like that work. Yeah. Is you really got to lean into the insanity of this and treat it like <laughs> this is serious. The two, the two things that I take away from that experience this year that I love the most is... I believe 40% of the audience saw like a timeout ad, like go to a live TV taping in New York and had no idea what they were showing up for. That was my immediate takeaway when I walked in. It was like, it was so funny because they were like, what is this? It's like, it's like October 3rd and they're like, there's snow falling and fans blowing and trees and elves and people are shooting cookies out of a t-shirt gun. And they're like, what's going on? Like there was like a lot of genuine confusion, but we really pulled it together. And the reason you do is people like Loftus give them credit because when you really commit to the moment, it takes the audience with you back to comedy being a leadership gig. Yeah. If you lead the room, they'll yeah. come. They'll follow you. Yeah. They're there. You're they're the one in the folding chair. Plus, you guys are you will laugh at each other's jokes. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, there's We're not no. Competing. Yeah. Which I love. We're not competing. But. That doesn't happen in a lot of places. No, but that's, you know, another testament to the magic of Fox News. A lot of people don't get this. <laughs> we are going to get that email yeah, again. Yeah, we, we better. In like we, six months. I know, and I'm gonna. my first reaction is like, I'm not doing it, Jenny. I'm not doing it this year. I did it two years in a row. I'm going out on top. We won last year. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, we gave it away. Well, if you haven't seen. I said last year. Oh, okay. But he gave point. me a little wink there. We <laughs> might have won again this year, but you'll have to watch you'll and see. You'll have to watch. I'll tell you who the big winner is this year. It's the viewer. <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> oh. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. One of my favorite things in the world to do, and I do this in every city I have, is every hotel I've ever checked out, of some maid inherits every dollar I have on me. Oh. I'm never going to meet these people. Yeah. I'm never going to know if they're good people or bad people. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to know that somebody walked in and found something that might have picked up their spirits. Oh. And I think that's such a good thing to pass around, yes. not just in the holiday season. It's called spiritual currency. Mm. You're not personally wealthier, but you are for having accumulated it. Yes. Like you're a better person and yes. you, you, your compass 
thinks in those directions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's who I am. That's what I'm trying to be for the world with this opportunity we have. Your next book should be a self-help I would book. love to. That would be my favorite thing in the world. I, I would love to do that. I think that you could do that because you I, would do it with I, I could write a guide. Funny. I mean this, guys. I could write a guide to getting anyone to the middle. I wouldn't write a book about how to make it to the top. <laughs> I'd be honest with you. Most of you don't have the talent Eric to Nelson make the top. Eric Nelson of HarperCollins, if you're <laughs> listening. Do you think he wants to hear either of our voices? <laughs> he came on the podcast one time and he actually said to oh. me, Afterwards, he's like, I listened to myself, and it's the only time I think I actually sounded good on the radio. He probably did, because he's with Janice Dean, a force multiplier (laughs) of awesome. I, I think that that would be a really great book for you to start writing. Well, this is a dangerous conversation because every time you suggest this to the universe, I wind up in a La Quinta with a laptop between my legs for nine hours a day. Okay, so you have to tell me about the special, which you taped on Long Island. I couldn't be there. I felt so bad for weeks. stop it. You were there in spirit. I know. I dedicated it to you at the top of the show. So they know people think you're there. So don't spoil it. I sang Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> and there's a there's a special lady who couldn't be with oh, us tonight. Oh, you're so good. She's in a two-for-one at Mulcahy's in Wanto. Very <laughs> nice. Want, wanting to try that expensive drink that we don't know you. how oh, the it tastes. Yeah. Pass the Cavassier. So my stand-up special, everybody, is called They're Just Jokes. Okay. And that is the preface at the top of the show. Yes. I'm going to go in a lot of directions tonight. They're just jokes. They're just, just it's jokes. It's going to be fun. It'll debut on Fox Nation January the 8th. Okay. Uh, you guys can all go out and stream it. Uh, it they did such a good do- job of shooting it. But the reason I'm so overjoyed with the idea of this is this is a chance for everybody who knows me on Fox and the radio. Like, stand-up is my natural habitat. Yeah. Yes. Like, I am a feral cat who's been domesticated by this television network. Yes. But I still get to sneak out of the house and kill birds on the weekend. Exactly. And that's what stand-up is. It's the side of your cat. Right. That you're like, wow, Frisky is like an assassin. I didn't know. Look at all the mice she's dragging home. <sighs> and that's me. Frisky's going to bring you a nice, juicy mouse on I January love it. 8th. I love it. Yep. And. There were celebrities in the crowd, too. I saw Brian Kilmeade was there. Uh, Dana Perino, our mutual pal, Emily Campagno. Love it. A couple of sports figures. Good people. Uh, but the truth is, uh, it is, if if you watch that one, uh, I think what people will get away, will get from it is it's almost like this nostalgia craze. Okay. Because you realize how non-threatening comedy really is to society. Comedy is... It's it's for a lot of people. It's it's their number one coping mechanism. Yeah. It's how we process heavy news. Yes. You know, the phrase gallows humor was coined by people who were actually being tortured to death. But they were laughing. I know that. Yeah, they weren't sitting in the think about that. If the gallows, gallows humor, we are all hanging here handcuffed by our wrists, telling jokes, you know. God, this food sucks and such small portions. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up down there. You know what I mean? (laughs) Shut up or I'll shut you up. Gallows humor. So if the people being tortured weren't saying, hey, you you can't bring that one up, that's off limits. What grounds do we have? To be banning anyone's source of joy. Yes. The best moments you have on these earth, on this earth are the moments where you're laughing yourself senseless, where yes. laughter almost becomes threatening to your physical health yes. because, like, you're choking. Yes. Those are the best moments you have on earth. What grounds would we ever want to take them away from someone? I know. So I think what you learn when you watch my special, because I'm not saying that the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give a quick reminder about the significance of comedy in our lives. But you'll watch it and you'll realize cause it is Im- physically impossible to meet me, listen to me, watch me, and think I'm coming from a malicious place. Yes. I just don't have it in me. Yeah. The last thing I'll tell you, and this is the most embarrassing thing, <laughs> but this happened to me. Okay. Okay. 
So I walk around praying for people I, I don't talk to, meaning I see someone on a sidewalk. I'm like, hey, that guy in the Cubs hat, Lord, give a brother a break. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Throw, throw him a good day today. Yeah, you help yeah. that guy out. Yeah. I don't know what his family's up to. Give his family a fun dinner tonight. Okay. I just weird prayers. Yes. Okay. So when I was a cab driver, there was a Sitco gas station. Sitco's not here uh, largely in America anymore. They might be coming back the way Biden treats Venezuela. I mean, <laughs> it's not goodbye forever. <laughs> you know, throwback Thursday is coming. But there was a Sitco uh, on uh, 8th Avenue where Hudson Street became 8th Avenue. And it, right around that crisscross between uh, 14th Street and 8th Avenue. And a lot of cabbies used to get in line at that Sitco at the end of our shift and pull up. And one day, a guy cut me off so violently getting out of the sitco and honked his horn and said 77 things to me in a language I still don't understand. Right. And I just blurted out spontaneously without even thinking of the significance of the insanity of this. I go, well, just for that, you're not getting a prayer. <laughs> like I, I went, yeah. I'm not going to pray for exactly. you random guy who doesn't know what that means or what I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't know what was more shocking to the onlookers, a cabbie threatening another cabbie with a non-prayer or the fact that it was just a white cab driver because you don't get a lot of them. And people would treat me like a tourist attraction. They'd be like, hey, can you call my mom and leave a voicemail? Like, you'll never guess what I met. And it's bizarre. But the point is, I'm trying to help, man. I I don't know if it's going to work, but that's who I am. I'm just trying to help. So. The, the podcast that's going to happen this time next year is going to be promoting your next self-help oh book and Janice how you want to pray for everyone. Janice Dean. No, I won't. I'm done with you guys. You guys please <laughs> prayers. I'll tell you jokes. I'll sell you a book. Uh, but uh, I'm kidding. You're the best. I'm trying. You're just the best. You know, for the listeners, you know that Jimmy and I have a special relationship. Mm. Uh, but the thing I love about him is literally we were just in a meeting about an event that we're, we're going <laughs> to sort of help with here at no. work that will never see the light of day. Uh, but we'll have a lot of bosses in the room mm-hmm. and we're talking about that and what we're going to wear. Uh, and then I'm like, do you want to come up and do the podcast? And Jimmy's like, of course I do. Yep. And you just, you did it. You rolled with it. You're one of those people I know I can always count on. Oh, uh, and you're one of those people that makes me laugh the hardest. Oh, JD, buttering me up. It's true. I've been told by wardrobe I have too much cholesterol. I need to fit into these sport coats better in 2024. Lay off the butter. I kid. You're the greatest. No, you don't need to kid because that's definitely happened to me in my career. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't blame it on the cholesterol. No, it's a different world now, though. Everybody, you don't get direct critique anymore. Oh, You get things like, I don't know, but it's a different world. Now it's like, you know, people were talking and someone said, I don't know what it was they said. (laughs) They just like jog your brain. (laughs) I love that. The only people who will ever be honest with you in 2023 about your appearance are people on Twitter who don't have a profile picture. (laughs) It's my favorite thing in the world. It's like, you looked ugly. I'm like, thank you, person who won't even share a filtered picture of themselves with the universe. (laughs) A thumbnail-sized image of you is off limits, but thank you for commenting on my looks. I'm sure you have seven pageant trophies sitting on the shelf behind you as you write this tweet. It's so true. Uh, I love you, Jimmy. Janice Dean will always have this. I, I'm a I just, I'm a cat in a sunspot on a rug. You know oh, when a cat is just so Yes, content? I know exactly I'm what you're talking over. about. January is going to be your year. Look at you. Book it, coming it out and a special. No, and it is. It's going to be my year. I plan on peaking and just bottoming out <laughs> after that. I only have so much discipline, folks. You got one month in 2024. It's all I'm giving you. God bless you, my friend. The best. The best you. 
Thanks again to Jimmy for being one of my first podcast guests of 2024, even though we tape this around Christmas time. You could tell, I know. But if you would like to read Jimmy's new book, which is available for pre-order, it's coming out this month, and you can catch him with his new stand-up special on Fox Nation this month as well. So keep listening and watching for more details. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.